0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. He's probably playing board games. I mean, that's what he does. Yep. And running the boards is Joey Dees. He's not playing board games with us? He's not playing board games with us. Wow. But you're here so we can talk about Magic the Gathering. The Gathering. Yes, because they've got a new set returning to an old familiar haunt. And uh, we might get to that little special more, but we will definitely get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people
1: get a hold of us?
2: Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com! Gonna have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. I would like more, please. More, <laughs> more, please. <laughs> well, you can just go to you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, the Odyssey apps, type in BJ Geek Nation, and you will find us. Trust me,
0: yes. A lot of ways to get a hold of us. And I mean, if you, uh, whichever podcatcher you're listening to us on, whether it be our Odyssey app or it be you know, Apple podcast or I don't know. we got a bunch of them out there. Uh, if they've got a way to review us, give us a five-star review. Write down uh, what you like about what we do. Uh, leave out the stuff that you don't like because my fragile eagle can't
1: handle it. And like an elementary school kid, Rev likes gold stars.
0: I love gold stars. Just put them up on my little chart. I love that.
1: That's so good. Right? Yeah, you know.
0: That's the only way I had perfect attendance back in the day because you have the gold stars. I couldn't have one that was blank. I've got completion issues. It's the same reason why like I have to like get rid of that little red dot. Uh, which is on any of my apps, like a notification. Oh, yeah. Drives me insane. I have Mm -hmm. have completion issues. I'm the same way. That's why I just never showed up on the first day. (laughs) (laughs) Start off strong. Start off strong. We're done with this. Uh, Very excited because we we haven't talked a lot about Magic the Gathering. You've been playing a lot of uh, MTG Arena, though. You did mention that. I've been crushing the best of one historic format. What is that? Oh, so Best of 1, obviously, it's one game played. The historic format, it goes back a ways, but not too far?
1: Or? Yeah, it's mostly got uh, their own specific jumpstart sets that they've kind of introduced into Arena oh. to kind of create their
0: own format. Oh, it's like, like the old master set for Mitgo. Yeah, Where they would be like, okay, here's a good set set of cards from the olden days, but we don't want to bring back a lot of the troublesome ones or the crappy ones.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I, I play BO1 because I'm uh, a very uh, uh, impatient gamer, I guess you could say. <laughs> I don't want to sideboard and go into that. I could, but you know what? Who's got time for that? I just want to cast big angels for free, so that's what I do. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, it's been great. And I'm like, I'm actually ranked in the top 100 right now of Mythic.
0: Ooh. What? So You might uh, be joining up on the Mythic Championship, and we might see uh, Joe competing for uh, big prizes. If I do really, really, really well and get really, really lucky. I believe in you.
1: Uh, I believe in the dice
0: rolling, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's magic. It's uh, still, it still comes down to some random factors. Yeah, plus people are really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's usually a thing that happens, too, like uh, people being good at the game. But I told, I've told i been told shooters have to shoot, so I'm going to take my shot. <laughs> so the next upcoming set is going to be into Innistrad. Innistrad colon Midnight Hunt. Now, if you don't know anything about Innistrad, it is basically the horror plane. Um, when we first got to it, it was all about the vampires, the werewolves, ghouls, geists. And then in the next iteration, we had kind of the body horror stuff. Cthulian horrors, angels getting smushed into other angels, turning into gigantic tentacle, two-headed monster beasts, which... Uh, if you're not a fan of body horror, which would be stuff like transmogrifying people into things, uh, like Delver of Secrets turning from a man into a uh, a fly, a giant insect, or you know, uh, people getting armor grafted onto them in horrifying ways, it might not have been your set. I loved it. I thought it was great, mixing in the Eldrazi horrors and all of that. Now, this one is kind of bringing it back to Innistrad, but this one is really focusing essentially on the werewolf aspect of... Of the, uh, of the Innistrad plane, because the next set after that will be focusing more on the vampires.
1: Yes, yeah, so we have a couple of vampires in this set and some zombies and stuff, but yes, mostly next set will be the vampire set.
0: And they're bringing back a mechanic, but they're putting a little bit of a twist on it. If you remember back in the Innistrad days, one of the biggest things that they came out with was the DFCs, the dual-faced cards. And almost all of those were werewolves. And it would be like, all right, if a, if a werewolf on your turn, if you cast no spells during your turn bloop you get to flip it over and it becomes a more powerful werewolf and then if you cast two spells during a turn it would bloop flip them back over they have turned that on their head and I don't even know I don't even think it even uh, works with the old school ones um, now because now it's just gone to day bound and night bound so it's kind of interesting to happen first off uh, they have their own little token card that is called day or night Uh, and As the cards say for day is, as it becomes day, transform all night bound permanents. If a player casts no spells during their own turn, it becomes night next turn. Again, so that kind of falls along the same thought line of the original werewolves. Uh, And then the second side, night, as it becomes night, transform all day bound permanents. Permanents enter the battlefield night bound. And if a player casts at least two spells during their own turn, it becomes day next turn.
1: Yes, this, in in theory, is very easy, but the wording's a little jumbled just simply because they did want it to kind of backlog for the, the other werewolves in the sense that they can flip the same way you could flip the new ones, but they can never come into play like the other ones could. Yeah, so, so it's kind of weird. Yeah,
0: it's a little bit of a iffiness on that, but they're really kind of streamlining it, too, because it became a really a really problematic tracking issue when you would have like maybe three or four werewolves out on your side and you've got to pay attention to a how many spells you've cast which ones are on which side which ones you flip over so now uh, the game starts off and it's neither day nor night and it will change when something says we when it comes into play turn it today or when it comes into play turn it tonight there's not a whole lot that do that but there are some that do that and then at that point in time Uh, It'll change as it's going along.
1: Yeah, the cool part about the werewolves in this format is they can come into play on their nighttime side when you cast them as opposed to always having to wait like you did in the last Innistrad set, which allows you to kind of build better game states and set up more turns. Whereas the other one, like you said, the rules were a problem. Sometimes people would forget. They flip on your opponent's turn. Things would happen. It was a mess. It was fun, but, you know, you didn't want those problems again. Exactly. And it
0: comes down to also the fact that it was, like, when it's a memory issue, it turns into a, oh, I forgot, quote unquote. Like, it would be like, oh, I really need to keep this werewolf this way, so maybe I just won't flip it over. Obviously, when you're playing with the digital product, it's way less of an issue. But also, if you're just playing, uh, maybe you had the pre-release at your uh, LGS or anything along those lines. You just don't want to come into those things where it's like, you totally meant to, you know, not do that. You're like, no, I totally did. I just forgot. Yeah. Yeah." Uh, So that's kind of how that goes about. And like Joe said, if uh, if it's nighttime and you have a night bound, it goes off on that side. It just comes into play on that side. So whichever way that goes, that's how that works. Uh, Another format of the DFC are cards that have the ability Disturb. So That is, it will come into play just on its front-facing side and when it goes to the graveyard, you can cast it from the graveyard for its Disturb cost. Uh, One of the ones that they've shown on this is the Bait Hook hook Angler, which is a uh, 2-1 that has Disturb. So he's just a little 2-1 guy for two. Um, But when he dies and you Disturb him for one Colorless and one Blue, he comes in as a hook haunt drifter which is a one-two flyer and if you would be put into the graveyard from anywhere exile it instead it's kind of like flashback for a creature um but it's still being cast so it's the same thing as like any sort of spell that has flashback in the graveyard um but most of the flashback ones are uh Usually spells, not necessarily along the lines of creatures, so it would it stands to reason that this is just kind of the creature version of uh, the flashback.
1: Yeah, last Innistrad set had a lot to do with the graveyard, being able to mill yourself, being able to get a lot of your cards back in order to gain more value, so it's cool that this is a theme in the same direction, except that instead of spells, it's more creature-based, so you have a little bit more combat involved for limited. Mm-hmm exactly because you usually don't get a whole lot of that in standard standard tends to you know as it does in all sets take some of the best cards and build decks around that with the other sets so you don't really get the theme of a limited set you know like nailing creatures into your yard to come into play too often so I'm glad to see that they're changing it up for this limited set.
0: And it's really kind of funny in terms of just like looking at uh, like thematics and like they've all always said that stuff like a set like Innistrad or at least a plane like Innistrad is top down, which is where we're going to think of concepts and then build cards around those concepts. So it's like how would werewolves be shown, and that's how they got the whole DFC. And how do vampires get bigger? And that's been an old school one ever since. Gear vampires usually with one, uh, plus one plus one counters. And one of the other other abilities is coven this is a very strange one and very confusing when I first saw it now coven is an ability word that is used to highlight abilities that get better if you control three or more creatures with different powers now, when we say powers, we don't mean abilities, but we mean literally the power of the creature. So when you have power and toughness down at the bottom, it's the two numbers. So like one of them they show is Candlelit Calvary, which is a 5-5. And it says, uh, Coven, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, the they get trample until end of turn. Now, with three different powers means they've got a power of five. If you've got two other creatures at least with a power, say, one has a power of one and another one has a power of two, Coven activates for all of your creatures that have Coven. So at that point in time, the cavalry now has Trample. So that's uh, pretty good because it's a five, five for five.
1: Seems like a very solid, limited choice having no idea what the limited format's going to be like at this point. Yeah, we're only about 70% spoiled at this point, so you never know. But yeah, it's it's cool. I kind of think of it like what different kind of weapons do you need or groups of people do you need to take down the different various beasts? So I need like a 2-2 archer and a 1-1 cavalry and a 3-3 werewolf or something. Kind of cool.
0: And I mean, even with like the disturb cards, it was like they actually have two different powers. So if you are like, okay, well, maybe, uh, maybe I could use like, I need a one power creature. You can hold off on that disturb in the graveyard until you actually need it um, to trigger that because a one two flyer isn't going to necessarily be amazing, um, but it's not going to suck either.
1: No, I I mean, right now the format seems slow. I mean, all the uncommons are very aggressively costed, as they usually are, because we have both allied and unallied multicolor cards in this format. That's so interesting. And there isn't a ton of fixing so far. So uh, you're going to get to do a lot of cool different things, and you're going to get to play a lot of different colors in terms of the two-color combo pairs. But you might have to be careful. You know, you might be, oh, if I have these, you know, red white cards, I might not be able to play green white cards as well, like we right. have been in the past. So, yeah,
0: we'll have to see what that. And I mean, we're getting a lot of the, like, the mythics and the uncommons and the solid ones. We haven't seen a lot of the old school, like, staples that they might put in there. Something like mana fixing, whether it be artifact mana or just a like a green search or something along those lines. Yeah,
1: 70, 70 cards left, I think. And it's a lot
0: of cards. <laughs> there are, and I mean, there are some amazing cards. Like, first off, like I said, I love the horror aspect. It's perfect for the fall season. And one of the cards, I think one of my favorites, is a legendary enchantment called the Meat Hook Massacre. Yes. It's X and two black. And so when the Meat Hook Massacre enters the battlefield, each creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. And then whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life. And whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you gain one life. So it's really super fun on that aspect because, yeah, it comes in and it has the effect to kill all the creatures. And then it sticks around a little bit longer to do a slightly smaller but still very
1: useful effect. Yeah, the mythics in the set are awesome. I mean, either the commander, planeswalkers whatever you want standard they're (laughs) gonna be good but I would uh, I gotta mention the arts I don't know if you've seen but they do three different art styles in this set
0: yeah I've noticed that
1: they have your regular which is just your normal border they have the uh, full art So, borderless essentially for the cards. And then they have the special to the set art, which is uh, what are they calling it? Showcase variants, I believe. Yeah.
0: And like some of these are pretty standard cards. And are they doing it for every card or is it just certain ones? I
1: think it's just certain ones or maybe (laughs) uncommons, rares, and mythics. I don't know, actually. I see commons too. It might be all of them. Wow. That would be crazy. And
0: are they coming out of like special sets or are these going to be like, there's so many questions I have, but
1: they look. Look, fantastic. I know Wizards has been doing the, we have sell different packs. So, you know, you have your normal pack. Oh, draft yeah, pack, yeah, or, yeah. So it might be those, but the ones that always just intrigue me are what are they going to do with the lands? And what have they done this time? Full art, black and white lands that have the only color on them being the border of the land type that they are. Kind of like if you remember the, Full art lands from the last time they did them. Yeah, it was like, oh, they have the little planes at the bottom, but they're all black and white, so you can't even tell the colors except for you know the small little border. <laughs> wow, like these are so cool looking,
0: and I mean they they're going really interesting with a lot of the aspects with all of this. I'm very excited to see what they're going to be doing with uh, with Magic the Gathering in general.
1: Oh yeah, I mean you, I, they they pump out product now for and for good reason. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> we want product. Everyone likes to complain. I don't complain. I say give me more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to open them Snoop Packs. And uh, for the standard format, uh, when the set comes out, Eldraine will finally be rotating, which I know people have been waiting for for two it's, years. It's been
0: around for a while. I mean, that makes sense because the sets, but Eldraine seemed to have uh, issues,
1: to it, say the least. Yeah, adventures were a little powerful and dominated standard for pretty much the entirety of their existence. So it'll be fun to uh, see something new. Some werewolves might get to see some play, you know. And I mean, this
0: like some of the the cards seem really fun, but there hasn't been anything. I haven't heard anybody freaking out yet. Um, a lot of the times though, like even with like some of the uh, uh, like like Oco and some of those other cards, like the true power hadn't been seen until it had actually seen play. So we'll kind of have to see where that goes from uh, from that point on. Um, but the set seems fun and not necessarily super op at this point in time. I agree. Moving on from that, I'm excited because when I'm not playing Magic the Gathering, I'm playing video games. Most of the time, I'm playing Fallout. A lot of the times, Fallout 76. And just last week, they decided to drop a massive patch. Um, They're getting rid of their nuclear winter uh, battleground type 1v100 or 1v60 or whatever they had with that. It was fun, but they never really progressed it any further. And it really kind of necessarily didn't fit in with a Fallout universe, especially using the old engine they had. Just I did it because it was interesting sometimes, but I literally haven't played that format in forever. Um, they are keeping with the seasons, and they're coming out with a new season. So they have that going on where you get fun little cosmetic items like most games now have. Um, but it doesn't cost anything extra. It's just another thing you can do. You can use your premium content, uh, you know, little bits to, you know, rank up a little bit quicker if you want to. But if you're really dead set on doing it, if you complete all the challenges, you can do it during the normal season. I've done it multiple times. And it's a lot of fun to get some of those cosmetic items. Uh, but now they have actually. T- since they've taken away the nuclear winter format they have brought in a new one called fallout worlds so now with the new ways to play this is exactly with the public worlds now public worlds feature specialized game settings fitting to a theme and they'll be available to all players now they'll also have Uh, Fallout First members, which is their premium thing that you can spend extra money on like for a monthly fee where you can create your custom worlds that you can keep and they have their own special settings. Um, They're also doing season six, like I said, more expansions for their daily ops. And even if you... Maybe you played some Nuclear Winter back in the day. Well, if you ever did, you'll be getting a bunch of rewards for that. So if you played it, you'll be getting some rewards uh, in terms of perk coins, which are the things that help you get other special perks and the the legendary perks. Now, with... Fallout Worlds, it's essentially like Minecraft build world. They have a bunch of different ones but if you create your own in like Fallout 76 and the Fallout First, you will be able to do what you want with them. But for the ones that will be available for for all members, they're going to have certain basically restrictions lifted or certain weird things that can go on. One of them is called the Happy Builder Mode which is uh, basically gets rid of most of the placement restrictions for your camp and and relaxed building restrictions. And basically, you can just kind of do whatever you want with PvP being disabled. It's really essentially a build mode. So you can kind of make the coolest settlement that you would ever want to make. Uh, the next one's called High Risk, where you can't fast travel anywhere. Always on PvP, players drop additional loot on death, and you can do a bunch of crafting for free, and most of the legendary items' attributes have been disabled. So it's literally just get yourself a big gun and go start shooting people. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, They have one called Dweller Must Die, which is greatly increased enemy difficulty, increased damage, increased equipment durability, and the dark bog weather effect. Extreme mode. Extreme PVE, really, is when it looks like it. Quantum World, where they have max jump height, no fall damage, nuked creatures and flora, and the quantum storm weather. So it's going to be something along the lines of, "I I have jump hacks, and I won't die from falling. This seems fun. And then... Butcher's Delight, which is infinite ammo and uh, <laughs> no melee or vats uh, AP cost, which means that you can just be in the 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 VAT system, which is kind of a targeting system, and you can just use that forever. Usually, it would cost AP to you know use it, and then you would finish up, and then you would have to go into normal mode. Uh, now they're like, nope, nah, you can just do that and have some fun with that. And then also enhanced dismemberment for all your gory fun needs. Uh, if you've picked the bloody mess perk, like I usually do your opponents usually just explode in bloody paste and Uh, Some more of that. Yeah, so probably more along the lines of that. So it'll be super fun that you can do that. Um, With the custom worlds, with the Fallout first, you can have up to seven other people. So it'll be like an eight-person server that you can have people come in and do your crazy stuff. And you get to set up the way that you want it done with all of the things that I've just listed on what they're doing for the public worlds. Uh, It's an interesting thing. I'm still pretty fun doing just the normal game. Like, I just love the standard game. Like, I keep playing it, and I'm on, like, like, my fifth character just like, I'm like, I, I, I get a concept. I'm like, I want to do this concept with this character. And so I have that right now. Um, but I love it. It's a lot of fun. If you started playing the game when it first came out, it was very rough. They have polished a lot on it and they're learning and they're definitely listening to the community when kind of things go a little bonkers. It's a Bethesda game. So there will be bugs. Sometimes your game will just crash. It is a Bethesda game. They just do this. And it can be frustrating. But, yeah, you deal with it. You kind of understand that. So as long as that, if that's your bag, it's all good, uh, then check out Fallout 76. And, I mean, if you're on the Xbox, send me a message, and uh, maybe we'll play together. But uh, until we get to that, it is now time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us?
2: Uh, One of my favorite, he seems like one of those people that you really want to meet and hang out with Ooh, okay. because not only will he have all the stories I just feel like he's just a very fascinating human being and I think he's one of my peoples oh really from Mexico I believe uh, Guillermo and I can't even say his name right <laughs> Jesus it's, it's like it's Friday all over again Guillermo del Toro there you go uh, but Netflix apparently is creating an anthology series with him, and it's looking pretty awesome. Really?
0: Is this going to be like a horror thing? Because he is into some scary stuff a lot of the times.
2: Right. And sometimes I can watch it. Sometimes I can't. <laughs> um, but I started kind of looking into it. Like, what is this? Because all it says, like, on IMDb, it's like, Guillermo del Toro presents 10 After Midnight. Ooh. Uh, and it's firmly, uh, it remained it, uh, remained it, <gasps> Um, so they actually had a collaborations with, uh, Netflix before this, and I thought this was so funny when I was looking at his IMDb. He did a Troll Hunter show, which was a movie, a kid's movie. Yeah. Uh, I believe, and then they made it into a show for Netflix. So he came back with, uh, Netflix to do something more. Him. Okay. So if this sounds familiar, uh, it's because they had recently, had reported about it recently, um, like, it used, I think it used to be called Cabinet of Curiosity. Ooh. Uh, but basically, the series is going to run eight episodes, and each installment will boast unique takes on the genre from some of the most thrilling names in the business from Del Toro himself, Jennifer Kent, uh, Panos Cosmatos, Aaron stewart On Annie, Anna, Lily M. And, and more. So here's what they're going to see episode by episode. So in one of them, uh, S.E. Davis... The Baba Duke, Andrew Leakin from The Walking Dead, and Halla Galway from Sex Slash Life star in an episode written and based on the original story by uh, Del Toro, and it's directed by Jennifer Kent. Oh, so interesting. So it's going to have all, like, each of them is going to kind of be based off of different stories.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like with the anthology things, it's they're self-contained. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think along something along the lines of a, uh, gosh, uh, Lovecraft um mm-hmm. Lovecraft. Country? Country, thank you.
2: I I couldn't remember if that was an (laughs) anthology or not.
0: Yeah, and it was. So, stuff like that, or like even like the old Twilight Zone stuff, like uh, would kind of make that most sense.
2: Uh, But, like, just looking at the cast, man, are you kidding me? It's so good. I might actually watch this, even if it's scary. I hope so. Uh, We are going to have Ben Barnes, who we recognize from. He's in everything. Like, literally, he's one of those actors that just popped in and he's like, I'm going to stick my finger in everything right now. So. Get used to it. Uh, we've seen him in Westworld. We uh, also oh, saw yeah. him recently in uh, The Punisher as Billy Russo. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so he, he, he's, he's wow. been around.
0: And looking at some of these other people in it, man, we've got Andrew Lincoln, mm-hmm. which you may know as Rick from The Walking yep. Dead. Uh, uh,
2: Chrisper, Crispin Glover.
0: Yeah, Mr. World from R.I.P. American Gods. <laughs>
2: You for that. I know, minor. sorry, but sorry uh, for bringing up old stuff. Uh, we also have, uh, I'm totally blanked. Oh, Tim Blake Nelson, who I, it's He funny.
0: looks very, oh, he was in Buster Scruggs. Uh, It's a Coen Brothers movie that's kind of a, it's a messed up movie, but he plays Buster Scruggs, and it's, again, it's sort of another anthology type movie that is fantastic. Like, go see it right now. Stop the podcast and go watch it.
2: He's one of those guys that you're like, who the hell is this person? But you'll recognize him because Mm -hmm. he's been in so many different things. So when I see him, I immediately think of him from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?
0: Oh yeah, totally.
2: He was also in The Incredible Hulk, the one with Ed Norton. He was Samuel Stearns. He was, I think, the doctor that he was communicating with for help.
0: And he was also in, in Watchmen. Watchmen, yeah. The, the he was series. Looking Glass, yep. the series, yeah. So he was the guy with the uh, the face, the 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 metal mask face, uh, sort of uh, whatever mask that was. Yeah,
2: he is. Uh, I think he was was it, apparently he was in Fantastic Four. He was Doctor Allen. Oh yeah, he was in the crappy Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> 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 uh, but he's a phenomenal actor, and I'm very excited to see him in this. And I'm curious to see like what they pull out with because I'm just looking at some of the artwork, Uh, because it's like Guillermo del Toro, Cabinet of Curiosities, and there's like a weird sketch of Hellboy. I don't know if that's like an original sketch. Like, what are these all going to be? Is it going to be stuff we've already seen before, like maybe Pan's Labyrinth, Um, maybe some of those characters? I don't know. I don't know. But it looks like it's going to be real awesome.
0: Yeah, very stoked for that.
2: Uh, Moving on to something I'm very excited about. Okay, I'm excited for fall in general. Everything all right, that yeah. comes with fall.
0: Spooky season or just because of like pumpkin spice season?
2: Everything. All right. I just recently got into the pumpkin spice. I can see why everyone loves it. It's pretty tasty. <laughs> right? That being said, I'm excited for the weather to get cooler. I'm excited yes. to do all the pumpkin carving. I'm excited, like, even for Thanksgiving. That being said, what is one of the big things for Thanksgiving? Uh, turkey. Besides food.
0: Oh, um, family?
2: Tr- tradition with your family. Okay, yeah. Watching the Macy's Day. Thanksgiving parade. Oh, yeah. And every year they do the big floaties. And I feel like whenever I think of these floaties, I'm still (laughs) stuck in, like, 1995. The big floaties. I think of, like, you know, Garfield or Snoopy or, you know, I think of those characters. But apparently this year, Funko has announced that they're going to be doing a Funko Pop inspired balloon featuring Grogu.
0: Oh, Grogu? Really?
2: So they're going to be doing a giant... Grogu balloon at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. See,
0: I would kind of think that they would want to do like Freddy Funko or something to no. be the iconic thing. But no, there, is it going to be a giant Grogu Funko?
2: It's Funko style. Grogu. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And he looks That's like he's ra- trying to grab like an orb or the ball or something. It oh, yes. Yeah,
0: the ball from uh, the uh, the ship.
2: I mean, it looks a little too <laughs> big, but it, it, it looks pretty fantastic. I don't know. Like, I am just so excited. I know it's, at least here in Seattle, the weather has been a little too warm for my liking. It's September. I want to wear my hoodies. (laughs) But I am very excited for all this. you
0: just don't wear a hoodie and sweat during the summer? No. I, I do. Hoodies and cargo shorts, everybody. All right. Pacific Northwest uh, Wardrobe.
2: So one of the things I've been doing with my friends recently is coming up with a list of things that we have to do this year, right, for the fall.
0: Okay, so your fall bucket list. My
2: fall bucket list because there's a lot of stuff every year. I'm like, I'm going to go to a corn maze this year. I'm going to go do a thing. And I never end up doing it. So I'm like, let's write it down. Let's make a commitment. And let's try to get these knocked out. So I just thought, what are what can we do for like a fall geeky, nerdy bucket list what Mm. are like maybe do a grogu halloween pumpkin or yeah like kind of like haunted houses or the
0: geeky pumpkin carvings are always good uh corn mazes like you did mention Mm -hmm. like the corn mazes haunted houses we got so many good ones Mm -hmm. uh up here in the pacific northwest
2: and a lot of them have been i think last year there's some that did drive by corn mazes for social distancing so there's still those options and i know A a lot of this comes from, like, we want to get out, we want to do stuff, but we also want to be safe about it.
0: Oh, absolutely, 100%. And, I mean, even with those, like, I think that you can even, like, book them so they can just be, like, your group going through it so you don't have to worry about randos running around and, uh, you know— invading your personal space so yeah i love those as much i mean i know that we've got in snow homish there they have the halloween train that we've done um before Well, they have a train that just goes up and down this kind of like not abandoned track but it's been mm-hmm. in like an older track and you can get all dressed up and they give the hot cider and you go on the train you go back and forth and you have a good old time
2: i it's, like grew up right there like how did i not know about the train <laughs> no idea but yeah we did it
0: we've done it a couple times and uh the wife and i we have gone out there as zombies Bees, so uh. our bee costumes that are all made up all bloody and nasty and gross. And, uh, you know, have a good old time and scare the children.
2: So recently I came up with this idea. for I, it, was at, it was at my friend's birthday party, and we're going to be doing it now, especially since fall's coming along. I have a giant stack. It's probably like two feet high of comic books and books that I want to read. But I haven't had the chance or an excuse or when I start to read, I feel... Guilty that I'm not being more you could active. You do something, yeah. Exactly. So I came up with a book reading date. Oh. I, I told my friends about this kind of as a joke, but they were all into it. So we are planning a day <laughs> where we're all going to come over to someone's house, probably mine, because I have a giant awesome couch right now, in our pajamas. You bring your blankets, your pillows. Basically, looks like a sleepover, but we're going to be making hot toddies, like the warm cider drinks. You sit there. You can put music on in the background. If somebody wants a show in the background, you have your headphones in, and everyone just sits and reads. You just have everyone's company. You don't talk. You just read your comics. You read your books. Nice. Whatever it is, and I think that's a really awesome... Nerdy fall bucket list item,
0: and it is. It's one of those things where it's it's again. You were talking about traditions, like the fact that you can create that as a tradition. You're like, hey, mm-hmm. maybe it's not a monthly thing, but you know, maybe it's just for fall. It's the right. it's fall is really a good book reading season, mm-hmm. and that's one of those things that I love to do, uh, like in the early mornings. Um, I'll get a, like a cup of coffee or do something like that. But if you're doing it like a little bit later with the hot toddies, uh, you know, having a full uh, event about it and just having the companionship with people, right. but you know, kind of still doing a singular activity a little bit, but it gives right. you a chance to talk about it too.
2: Exactly, and that's sometimes I'm like, I just read, oh my god, in this comic, this happened. I need, I know you don't know anything about it, but I need to talk <laughs> to somebody about we it. We got to talk about it. Uh, that being said, I think I also. What was the other thing we scheduled? Oh, I know that's not something nerdy. <laughs> I, I, have, I have an idea. It's it's going to make me a hundred air. It's going to, it's called the laundry pub crawl, but that's for a different a podcast. A laundry
0: pub crawl. It's, I don't want to even It's know. not, it's nothing
2: bad. It's just, we all hate doing laundry. So we're all going to go to each other's houses and we're going to get progressively drunker and drunker <laughs> doing laundry with the other person. So it's not hard. <laughs> like, you know, you're helping them out. So they're not by themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah I might that's be a hundred air. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. With that one. Yeah.
2: Okay. Fine. Yeah.
0: You got anything else?
2: Uh, that's about it. I want all to right. hear about you guys, though. What fall nerdy yeah. activities can you do? And I'll compile a list, maybe write a blog about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I would love to hear your ideas on uh, what you would consider a good fall tradition. Something to do for that bucket list. And uh, I love all those. I, I love it.
2: Uh, oh, watch Halloween movies. Yes. And I have my list of non-spooky ones okay. that I love to watch.
0: Need to get you into this horror. The scary, scary, scary ones.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> until next time, stay nerdy.